afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Welcome to the Authentic Living Show this afternoon. You know, this year we've heard a lot about the bullying of gays and lesbians in schools all over the country. What we don't hear so much about is the bullying of members of the GLBT population in churches and in Christian communities all across the nation. But in fact, most of the bullying that is done is done by people who want to exclude members of the GLBT population based on the erroneous illusion that God hates them or wishes them punished or excluded. Well, today we're going to be talking to United Church of Christ Minister Candace Shalou Hodge, author of Bulletproof Faith, A Spiritual Survival Guide for Gay and Lesbian Christians. While far too many still think that trying to put the word Christian beside gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender is oxymoronic, Shalou Hodge will tell GLB2 Christians how to reclaim the authentic self and survive the onslaught of abuse coming from their own communities. So if you fall on either side of this issue... Don't stop listening just because you heard the words gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender. This is also for you. Candace Shalou Hodge calls herself a covering Southern Baptist and is the founder, editor of Whosoever, an online magazine for GLBT Christians. She's an award-winning former television and radio journalist, having served as a writer, reporter, and editor with CNN. Currently, she serves as the pastor of Jubilee Circle, a new church start of the United Church of Christ in Columbia, South Carolina. She blogs regularly at Religion Dispatches. So welcome, welcome, Candace, to the Authentic Living Show. I'm so glad you've taken of your time to be here with us today. So authenticity and uh, traditional and or fundamentalist versions of Christianity in general clash a bit, though many churches today are beginning to see that there is actually a need to be more genuine or authentic in our spiritual endeavors. But today I want to just say at the outset that I think that one of the global psychological and spiritual shifts that is taking place right now has to do with our acceptance of the diversity of all kinds of different people, especially gays, lesbians, bisexuals, and transgendered persons here on out, referred to as GLBT persons. Fundamentally, such a shift in consciousness carries us to a deeper, more genuine, interactive level. So this conversation today, again, is not just for those who are gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender, but for anyone on the planet who wishes to have more authentic interactions with others. So, Candace, it seems to me that this whole issue has the potential for granting us an opportunity to re-image Christianity. Would you agree with that? For my coughing, I'm, I'm having a little bit of a cold issue. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I'm sure everyone understands. I'm going to try to make it through without coughing my head off. Um, okay. Well, well uh, and I think that, that that's where the rub ends up being on this whole idea of reimagining Christianity is that the, the traditional people say, well, we can't reimagine Christianity without realizing that their quote-unquote traditions come about because Christianity is always reimagined in every situation, in every generation, in every century. Um, what we practice today and call Christianity today would probably be virtually unrecognizable to those who called themselves Christians um, even in the few years after um, Jesus' uh, death and resurrection. So um, Christianity uh, evolves uh, just as everything else does on this earth. And so um, 
the idea that the gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people could also be uh, part of that reimagining is just simply part of the grand tradition of the evolution of the faith um, throughout the centuries. And wouldn't it be just like the Christian God to have uh, to take something that is hated and despicable and turn it into a gift of love for the church? Oh, indeed, indeed. Um, I mean, you just have to watch the Bible for for that to to happen. Um, where the, the where Jesus uh, uh, included the Gentiles, he actually heals a Syrophoenician woman who uh, was a Gentile, and was uh, it was a scandal for her to even speak to Jesus, and more of a scandal for him to even heal her and um, and then, of course, the apostles, after Jesus is gone in bodily form, um, continue that that uh, grafting on of that new uh, vine onto uh, Christianity and, and opening uh, the doors to the hated Gentiles. So, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a long tradition of Christianity to open its doors to the outcast. Yeah, and I'm thinking even in the Old Testament, the 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 shrimp of the litter, the the runt of the litter, David became. King and was chosen of of, of the of the uh, Jewish God and uh, you know the uh, um, I, I'm thinking of Jesus himself being born in a manger and all those things smack of what we think of as lowly may turn out to be some major gift if we open our eyes to it. Sure, the the stone that the that the bolt that the that the builders rejected has, has become the cornerstone. Indeed, there it is. There it is. Okay. All right, so one of the exercises you suggest, and I want to uh, reiterate, we're talking about a beautiful book that I would recommend for anyone on the planet, Bulletproof Faith, A Spiritual Survival Guide for Gay and Lesbian Christians. One of the exercises that you recommend in this book for your readers is to give up all religious beliefs that make them cry or diminish their self-esteem. Talk to us a little bit more about that, because I think that's such a beautiful recommendation. Oh, yeah, and I, and I talk about... Uh, um, Jobs that I've had in the past that if I if I came home crying from a job I, I realized it was time to give it up <laughs> that if something right. if if something continues to wound you deeply there's no need for you to keep returning to it um, and I think that that that's that's the way I, I feel about traditional well I guess we've already talked a little bit about why traditional is a misnomer but more of these fundamentalist strains of of Christianity that are that are out there that reject uh, GLBT people. Um, you know, is that is that they're not about finding the joy in life. You know, I, I, I believe that God created us so that we might enjoy this life. We weren't really put here to to suffer and to and to persecute one another and to hate one another. We were here to we're here to learn how to love one another and get along and love your enemies, as Jesus said. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, any 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 sort of practice or job or religion or anything. That, that brings you to tears and suffering is something that you need to abandon. I think that, the, you know, uh, even the, all these hundreds of millions of years of human evolution have shown us that painful situations, pain is a, uh, an indicator that we need to get away. Pain is an indicator that, that we are not in a place that, that is healthy for us. And so, yeah, if it makes you cry, get away from it. Stop doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and diminishing self-esteem. I actually literally... I uh, talked to a fundamentalist uh, Christian at one point who said to me, we don't need self-esteem, we need God-esteem. And I said, well, how are we going to esteem a God we can't recognize through a self we can't recognize? Right. You know? Right. So, yeah, we've got to be able to recognize who we are and have an authentic relationship with who we are in order to find anything genuine in the spiritual world. 
Right. Well, and if God created the self, how else are we supposed to get to God if not through an authentic self? There it is. There it is. Okay, so that brings us to whole, the whole issue of the authority of the Bible. How do you help struggling GLBT Christians make peace with the uh, the idea of the authority of the of the Christian Bible? Well, why don't you just give me some easy questions? <laughs> the authority yeah. of the Bible. Yeah, that is the that really is the sticking point, isn't it? I mean, if if we could if we could all come to an agreement on that one, I think that we would have it all it all figured out. Um, the authority of the Bible is that it has been around for for a millennia or so, and we still refer to it, and we still find truth in it, and we still plumb the depths of it and find something even new and fresh that speaks to us in, in, in this very moment. And that's what makes the Bible authoritative, not because it says do this and don't do that, but that it brings us a, a, a fresh word an authentic word, even where we're at right now. And what people don't understand about the Bible is, is that the Bible, I mean, Bible means books, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's ta biblia, it's a collection of books. It's not just one book that somebody started at the beginning and wrote to the end. Um, and there were a bunch of books that didn't make the cut, you know, that, that for some reason or another got tossed out by the folks who were canonizing the whole thing. So, I mean, there are other books that are that are just as meaningful but didn't make the cut. So it's not that the Bible is like a rule book. The Bible is a spirit book. And the Bible is really what helps us become and, and to live fully into how God has created us to be. Um, I think it was St. Irenaeus who said, um, the glory of God is man fully alive. And the Bible is something that really has the authority to bring us fully alive if we'll immerse ourselves in its words and its stories and understand that what we're reading are stories and how ancient people encountered the holy, and we can see the holy through their eyes, and either we don't agree with their encounter of the holy at all, which I would say is things about God is on our side in war. (laughs) I don't get that. You know, I don't see how God works in that way, but that's how they experience the holy, so I have to honor that. You know, so if we can if we can understand that these are people talking about how they encountered the holy, and we can enter into their story and encounter the holy in some ways as well, that's what makes the scripture authoritative, not as a rule book, but as a storybook and a book that still touches our spirits today and becomes relevant for us. Right, right. And that goes along with uh, what Jesus said to the Samaritan woman at the well when he said, uh, we will learn to worship in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So that, yeah, it's not about the law or legalism or trying to follow the letter of the law, but rather living into the spirit, which he described as love. Right, right. And, and Jesus says, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. I mean, all that. On all that hangs the law and the prophets. And if you, you know, and people keep going back to, oh, it's the Ten Commandments and this and that. It's like, you know, Jesus actually gave us a really hard command. And if anybody ever actually took it seriously to love your neighbor as yourself and to love God with all your heart, mind, and strength, we wouldn't have any time to actually, you know, marginalize anybody or hate anybody. We'd be outdoing each other in, in honor, as Paul says. You know, we would be we would be out there, you know, trying to make sure that everybody has a house as nice as mine and everybody has a car as nice as mine and everybody's belly is full. 
we would have no time for all this hatred and all this you're different from me so I can discriminate against you kind of mentality. Right, right. Instead of uh, picking out our neighborhoods so we can be sure to like who we live next door to. Exactly, or that our <laughs> fences are tall enough and all that. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was a, um, yeah, I was a lot younger than I am now. I was uh, a young, had just gotten married, and I had, uh, I had, I went to this church where, and and it was in Birmingham, Alabama, where uh, there was still a whole lot of bias going on against black uh, African American people. That a, a, a young African American couple came in and sat in the back of the church, and one of the deacons went to the pastor and whispered in his ear, and I, I didn't know exactly what was going on, but I began to notice that uh, this couple seemed to be ready to walk down the aisle and join the church, but the uh, pastor did not give an invitation that day. Um, and I was I was so very, very disappointed in the pastor and did not want to attend that church any, again and left that church after that. Because it just had nothing whatsoever to do with love and reception and and the integrity and honesty that it takes to just join with another human being. So uh, that's the same thing we're experiencing now with gays and lesbians. So, all right. So it's time for a break now, and uh, we're going to talk more about this subject in just a few minutes. So stay tuned for more. Right back in a minute. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart, but I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 
You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today to Candace Shalhoub-Hodge about her book, Bulletproof Faith, A Spiritual Survival Guide for Gay and Lesbian Christians. Uh, what we've said in the beginning is that uh, this whole issue of diversity within the Christian uh, domain, so to speak, the, uh, there's a big war on about whether or not gays and lesbians, bisexuals and transgender persons should be able to participate in the church, where it should be able to go to schools and feel safe, should be able to walk down the street and feel safe from those who actually espouse a great deal of what we call Christian faith. Uh, based on tradition and fundamentalism that says that uh, what gays, lesbians, bisexuals, and transgender persons are doing is a sin and they should be stopped, they should be excluded, they should be hated. And uh, that whole process has raised a lot of questions for a lot of churches and a lot of people all across the United States. And uh, so that's why we're talking about it today, because it has the potential of driving us closer to genuine spirituality, and that's what we want. So, uh, in the, in the process of dealing with this issue, I know that you've worked with a lot of people, uh, from the GLBT, uh, Christian population. How do you advise people about the process of dealing with internalized homophobia? And I guess we should probably define homophobia first for some people. Okay. Um, well, the way I define it is a fear of homosexuality. <laughs> right, right, right. You know that that, that uh, you find homosexuality as something um, abhorrent or unnatural or uh, otherwise uh, morally wrong, um, and the problem of internalized homophobia is is deep in the uh, GLBT uh, community because we have been told, um, you know, practically from birth that that this is wrong, that this is something that society that society abhors. Um, and on top of that, God abhors it, and, and it's wrong and unnatural, and yada yada yada. Um, and we internalize that, and 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 consequently, a lot of GOBT people grow up um, with a deep sense of shame, um, with a deep sense that that there's something intrinsically wrong, or perhaps even intrinsically evil about them because of their uh, feelings toward um, the same gender. <clears throat> and of course, that that gets played out in a variety of ways in the GOBT community. Um, we have. A uh, high rate of suicide um, among uh, our members. We have a high rate of uh, drug and alcohol abuse um, in our community because we we are a community that has been told that we are not worthy that um, <clears throat> that we are worthy of discrimination within society. We are worthy of shunning. We are worthy of God's wrath. We are worthy of of death in some um, instances. So this is a kind of shame that runs very deep um, within the people in the GLBT community, and overcoming it uh, really is a matter of finding that authenticity, of really understanding that authentic self, and that your sexual, that your sexual orientation is part of that authenticity, and it's something that is created by God, um, it is something that is, that is created um, that we can fully live into. Uh, <clears throat> I get letters, I get emails from people constantly who... Um, Quote those the passages, the usual passages that are used against homosexuality, like Leviticus and Romans and First Corinthians and all of those. Um, and they 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 tell me, you know, well these are the these are the passages, you know, that tell me that this is wrong and and I can't put the two together and 
you know, so many of many in our our uh, community deny God altogether and drop out of religion altogether, um, which I think is is the saddest part is that that God uh, that God loses out because um, of what people do to other people, um, and so uh, the process of of overcoming that is to come to the belief that that you are created the way that God has intended you to be created. And that there is nothing intrinsically wrong with being who you are, and that that sexuality itself, oh, it's such a deep topic. <laughs> to, you know that most most of our sexuality is socially constructed anyway. I mean, who who said that girls have to wear dresses and high heels, and you know men must wear suits? I mean, it's it's all a social construct. It's all something that we've decided. Um, and so marriage itself is something that we've decided that men and women do it and not other people. So it's, you know, it's, a, it's all, <laughs> it all seems so deep and esoteric at the same time, but when we get to this idea that we are perfect in the way that God has created us, and we understand that those passages in the Bible have been mistranslated and used against us in ways that, that do abuse to the Bible, um, then we come to this realization that perhaps we're not what those people tell us we are. You know, that, that I heard that, you know, all gay people are sexually promiscuous and this and that, and I'm not any of that. So, mm-hmm. so we have to come to understand that, that um, people, people misunderstand LGBT people. People misunderstand our, sexual, our sexuality and our sexual orientation. And um, when we come to understand it deeply and we understand that it really is an intrinsic part of us, who we are authentically, that, that just needs to be integrated into the rest of our lives, then we can overcome that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that that whole idea of, of that uh, we should hate ourselves in the name of God, is that's what's oxymoronic to me. <laughs> you know, we... That that idea that we should somehow be somebody different than who we are, and I'm reminded of that old Christian hymn, "Just as I am," mm-hmm. um, that says, "Here I am. This is who I am." And uh, the idea that we are authentic as a gay or lesbian or bisexual or transgender person is just repugnant to some uh, fundamentalist people. And the, uh, the the idea that a that a person could come to church and worship God the same way that uh, a person who's uh, hum- uh, heterosexual can worship uh, is is hard for some people to accept, and they it makes them angry. Uh, and then then we get to the either social bullying by uh, ex- not excommunicating people, or the or the emotional abuse, or the mental abuse, or even the physical abuse that runs rampant throughout the United States about this issue. So it's a very it, – it's not as complicated as people make it. We are who we were made to be. I'm an oak tree because I came from an acorn. I, mm-hmm. I can't be a pine tree. You know, it's that kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah. So, all right. Um, in in terms of uh, having uh, society or churches or, or pastors even begin to accept uh, gay or lesbian people, I have literally uh, had – People say to me, "Well, how do you do that?" I work with a lot of gay and lesbian people, gay GLBT people, and uh, and in my practice, and you know, through my uh, my writing, and I hear from a lot of people that you know they they have talked with pastors. I've talked with pastors, and who who say to me, "Well, how do we do this? How do we make this transition?" And my answer is always, "Love someone gay." 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, just get to know them and love them. And then the transition is already made. Because then it's like, oh, okay, you're just a person just like me and you're just doing what I do and you go to work every day and you come home and you watch TV and you, you know, you live a boring life basically. You know, it's not, it's, yeah. So, uh, so, so that whole notion is one of transition where the church has to move from legalism to more spirit, spirit and truth. Well, and that's a, but that's a hard thing, and, and I really understand that it's hard for people who have been steeped in this idea of fundamentalism, because they, they really invest a lot in 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 the Bible's condemnation of homosexuality, and they invest so much of their faith in this being right that they 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 sort of back themselves in a corner, because if they have to go back then and say, okay, well maybe God doesn't condemn gay and lesbian people, and maybe God does love them and accept them just as they are, um, if they have to do that kind of backtracking, number one, they lose faith, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so we don't really want them to have to do that, um, and, and number two, they, they, they probably begin to question, well, what else have I been wrong about? What else has my tradition taught me that might not be right? Um, you know, so, so it's easier, sometimes it's simply easier to cling to what you've been taught, to cling to that idea that, that gay and lesbian people are condemned and to work vigorously to keep to defend, to defend that belief against all assault because the alternative of saying, well, now wait, perhaps I was wrong and let me rethink this, really is too threatening to even begin to contemplate doing. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't have to do it because they're not in the position of having to question their faith because they're of the set, they're of the population that's already accepted. Right. Right. And it's and it's why I say in my book I talk about how I believe gay and lesbian Christians especially have <laughs> have a strong faith uh simply because we've been forced to figure out what, not only what we believe but why. You know, we have to sit down and write detailed, you know, and come up with these detailed defenses of what it is we believe and why we believe it, because we have to go and theologically dig around. You know, we have to get in the theological muck and figure out why these verses don't condemn us. We have to figure out uh, how to have a relationship with the Bible that, to, that it's still authoritative and not just a nice book that we have on the coffee table. I mean, we have to do the work. And some, you know, the, my heterosexual brothers and sisters who go and sit in the pew don't have to do that work. They can exactly. just take it as it's handed to them. Okay, well, this is what the Bible says. This is what the pastor says the Bible says. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and believe it. And I'm not going to, they don't do any work around it. They don't challenge themselves to go, well, really, where did that belief come from? And I have taught religion courses and have seen 18 and 19 year old kids have a light bulb come on (laughs) when I try to tell them about the history of the Bible or when I tell them about the history of the church or when I tell them where those beliefs that they cling to came from, they go, really? Nobody ever told me that. Exactly. Exactly. If someone told me that, I might have thought differently about it because Mm -hmm. they don't have to think about it. And so when they're sort of put in a position to rethink some of the things that they've been taught, people are like, why didn't anyone tell me that? (laughs) Right. Right. And, you know, I've talked about this other times on the show where 
we think we have to know. I mean, you just referenced that. We, most of us think we have to know. Oh, so we'll have a platform to stand on. And so we say we know things that are basically unknowable. And, and, uh, what's going to happen after we die? Well, I don't know. You know, who knows that? Uh, you know, I have a belief about that, but that's what I've got, a belief, not a knowledge. So that fear of not knowing is, as you said, very scary for many people. Oh, yeah. All right, so we're out right now. We're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be back in just a few more minutes with Candace Sherlou Hodge with more on Bulletproof Faith. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming health care. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. back talking today to Candace Shalou Hodge about her book, Bulletproof Faith, A Spiritual Survival Guide for Gay and Lesbian Christians. And uh, what we, what I want to do before we go any further, this is going to be Candace's last segment of the show, and what I want to do before we go any further is sort of let her talk just a few minutes about ways that you might connect with her or learn more about the work that she's doing. So, Candace, I want to let you sort of introduce yourself to the audience, if you will. Okay. Thanks, Andrea. Um, well, I'm sort of all over the the Internet. Um, in 1996, I founded Whosoever, which is an online magazine for gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender Christians. Um, and you can visit that at whosoever.org. Um, and also I uh, have a website for the for the book and one of the other books that I've edited, um, uh, CandiceShalou.com. So uh, lots of ways to, to reach me out there. I'm also the um, pastor of a new church start here in Columbia, South Carolina, called Jubilee Circle um, United Church of Christ, and uh, 
We uh, do things a little differently at Jubilee. We use uh, all contemporary music and not contemporary Christian music, but we're going to do some Dave Matthews and uh, some, <laughs> uh, ooh, what else am I doing? Um, some Joan Baez. Um, so we, we like to mix it up uh, at, at our church. Uh, we're, we're, way, we're way non-traditional. Um, but, you know, we, we, we follow the tradition of, of Jesus and Jesus' love. So uh, those are just a, a few ways. I'm, you know, I'm on Facebook. Look me up. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. Feel, feel free to contact me with uh, questions, challenges, at a girl, whatever. <laughs> okay, great. So her name oh, is spelled Candace, C-A-N-D-A-C-E, and Shalou is C-H-E-L-L-E-W hyphen Hodge, H-O-D-G-E. So wanted to make sure you have the correct spelling of that if you're going to look her up. Okay, and I, and one, of the, one of the things I really like about your book, Candace, is that you don't advise your readers to get rid of their anger. One of the things that is kind of a Christian motif, and I hear it a lot in the New Age, New Thought movement as well, is don't be angry. But you don't say don't be angry. You, uh, you encourage people to find out what makes them angry and take responsibility for it. But you also advise that when they're working with other people who are angry at them or who hate them, that responding to them with anger only reveals their own self-doubt. So I want to ask you a little bit about that. Can you say more about that? Uh, sure. Just just one one more brief uh, advertisement. Um, you can find me at oh, religiondispatches.org. Uh, that's where I blog a lot. So anyway. Um, yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we, I, I call that, um, you know, if you have stuff with other people's stuff, that's your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because if someone comes at us and makes us angry, it just means that we have stuff that we haven't resolved yet. Because they could say something else to you and it doesn't make you angry at all. And that's just that's stuff that you don't care about. Right. <laughs> so you don't really have to get angry. So if someone, because I, I use the example um, that people telling me that gay and lesbian people are going to hell used to really make me very angry. I, was, I got very angry about that, and so I had to stop and think, well, what is it I believe about hell that makes me angry about that? And so I had to go and really do a theological search for myself about hell and what I thought about hell and what I thought about the existence of heaven and hell. And it took me on a really interesting theological journey. And now when people say gay and lesbian people are going to hell, I'm more curious about that statement. I want to know what they mean about hell. I go, really? Well, tell me what hell is for you. <laughs> it doesn't make me angry anymore. It makes me curious. I want to know, well, well, what's your concept of hell and how do we get there? And then it opens up an interesting conversation and it takes them aback because it's not, you know, because they've probably said that to people before and gotten very angry reactions. They've probably mm-hmm. never gotten a curious reaction. I'm like, well, well, tell me more about this hell you say I'm going to. I'd like to know about it before I get there, you know. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, great. And it disarms them. And, and, you, and it shows that you have dealt with your anger issues because it's, no one can make you angry unless you allow them to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something we just keep have to keep sort of pounding home that idea that anger is an internal, not an external. It's or it's its origins are internal rather than external. So, yeah, thank you for reiterating that again. Um, You know, can you talk a little bit about anger, how anger can help a person grow spiritually? Well, I mean, it's along those same lines um, that if. Because anger, anger is my issue. I mean, I have I have learned so much through anger <laughs> in my own life. Because I mean, these are the, these are the touch points. Anger is something that that touches you very intimately, and it's something that you either want to hide 
um, you know, so, so anger sort of covers up, you know, something that maybe you're ashamed about or anger covers up something that maybe you're afraid about. Um, so anger really is, I've, you know, as the, as the Buddhists call it, a, a bell of mindfulness for you. You know, if you find yourself becoming angry, that's the time when you should become curious about yourself. Okay, why does that make me angry? You know, and you begin to notice those places that make you angry, and instead of following that energy of anger, stop and wonder about it. Wow, why does that make me so angry? Um, and then you can start to work um, on that inner journey and and really sort of uncover those those deep secrets that you've sort of been holding from yourself and going, wow, I never knew that was the source of my anger. And so once you remo- remove the source of that anger, that situation comes up again, and suddenly you're not angry. You know, right. again, maybe you may be curious about it, but it doesn't cause anger in you because you've gone in and you've taken care of that on a very spiritual level. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautifully said. Thank you. All right, so uh, we know that bullying is abusive. What What's interesting to me about that is that it is the uh, GLBT population that is... Uh, again, bringing to the forefront something very important that's been with us for centuries. This bullying in schools has always been around. It hasn't always been for uh, against GLBT uh, folks, but sometimes then, even in the past. But now, because of the GLBT population, because more and more people are coming to terms with their uh, sexual orientation earlier, this thing of bullying is being brought to the imagination of the American public, and we're beginning to go, oh, there's a problem here. And it's been here for centuries. So, again, a very wonderful thing that the GLBT population is doing for the rest of the world. But before you go today, I think one of the most important things I want to get from you is you've talked a lot about how uh, your readers of this book uh, can can learn to assess and handle dangerous situations. I think that is so important, particularly for young people who are relatively naive about the world, who are also discovering their own sexual orientation as a GLDBT person. Can you speak a little bit to that? How does a person learn to assess and handle dangerous situations? Um, yeah, I, I um, liken my approach to the martial art of, of Aikido. Um, in Aikido, Unlike every other martial art, there are no kicks and punches, so you can't go out and start a fight with Aikido. But you can defend yourself. And so what I'm advising people to do is to understand that they will face people who will tell them, God hates you, or, uh, you know, you need to change, you can't be the way you are, um, we'll, we'll discriminate against you, we'll do all sorts of bad things if you remain as you are. Um, and understand that in those situations, you need to practice some manner of spiritual self-defense. And spiritual self-defense is like a keto. You're not going to go out and attack anyone, but when someone comes at you, you have your ducks in a row and you understand. So when someone says, um, God hates you and you ought to change, uh, really your first instinct is to go, well, thank you for your opinion. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and, and dismiss them. And there's really there's been no spiritual ripple in you because you understand that you and God have worked this out. You understand that God is, is alive and working through and around your life. And you know that no matter what they say, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like bullshit off of Superman. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's, a, there's nothing that gets through. And when you do get angry, well, that's a chink in the armor. 
You know, that's that's yes. the bell of mindfulness. That's the area you got to start working on. So, and that's another thing I say in the book is be thankful for your enemies. Be thankful for those people who come at you because they, more often than your friends, will show you exactly the areas of spiritual work that you still need to do. All right. So in that in that same way, then, let's take that a little bit deeper, keeping oneself safe in the midst of a, a hostile environment. What do you recommend about that? Um, as far as a hostile spiritual environment or? A host- no, I'm sorry. A ho- I should have been clearer there. A hostile, you know, school, like where if they're, if they're being surrounded by people who are really abusive and, and would like to hurt them physically. Oh, um, well, the, uh, uh, that's, that's such a hard question <laughs> because really that, really I mean, cause that really, a lot of school administrators especially um, are turning a blind eye to a lot of the bullying that's going on. And, and unless there are schools and, area, and institutions that have really clear guidelines on bullying, um, a lot of it goes unreported. A lot of it goes um, unaddressed because sometimes the teachers will turn a blind eye to it. Um, all, I, all I know to tell kids is to, is to find in their communities areas of support. Find the churches that are, that are LGBT friendly. Um, find the LGBT community center. Um, get hooked up with resources that are in your community of people who understand and who can help you um, you know, maybe address those problems with administrators if the parents aren't, um, aren't friendly toward it. Um, just find any, any organization and any group that is in your area that can support you, and they will do it. Exactly. Thank you. That's, that's very well said. Because I do think the problem is much more uh, in, administrative than anything else. I mean, it's like a, uh, it, it's real important for us to recognize that the person who's being bullied is not the person who needs to stop the bullying. Right, so, right. Yeah, and, I, so. and I don't think that, 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 you know, people think bullying is just innocuous and we all go through it and it's a rite of passage and this and that, but it's, it's not. And, and there needs to be clear guidelines, and in the absence of those clear guidelines, there needs to be clear community support. Right, right. And, and parental support, with, if at all possible. I know that many of the, the kids that I've worked with in the past have literally been kicked out of their homes because of, because of some kind of uh, uh, belief that they should not be supporting uh, their child in this, what they call lifestyle rather than sexual orientation. So it's important to really recognize that, our par- that the parents involved should really learn how to support diverse children as well. Right, right. And, and the parents need support as well. So even if the child can reach out to community organizations and, and supportive churches that would reach out to the parent and try to help the, the parent along in their education as well, that I, I can see that would, that would make a big difference. Right. Very good. Thank you for saying that. And uh, I'm sorry you have to go, Candice, but thank you so much for taking of your time to, to speak with us today. I think this is one of the most important issues we're dealing with today. Thanks, Andrea. I've enjoyed it. You take care now. You too. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more, so stay tuned. We're going to be talking about this just a little bit more after the break. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. 
The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we've just spent the past uh, three segments talking to Candace Shalou Hodge about her book, Bulletproof Faith, A Spiritual Survival Guide for Gay and Lesbian Christians. And she had to go uh, before the show ended. But we are going to continue with that conversation now because I really do think that one of the transitions we're making in the spiritual world is the one where we begin to see each other uh, for who we are rather than for what we should be. And it's real important to recognize that the GLBT question that's being raised right now is one of those things that's bringing us all to a new place in our psychological and spiritual understandings of who we are as people. Once upon a time, it was thought that it was the right thing to do to hold slaves. And there was a whole war fought over that. Uh, once upon a time, it was thought that women should not wear pants. Once upon a time, it was thought that uh, uh, an African-American should not marry a white person or a Caucasian person. These are the issues that we have uh, transitioned out of over the time that we've been on planet Earth. And we've begun just over the past 100 years because we have such a global interactive capacity now because of the Internet. We're having to look at what's really real What's really true about a person? And so when a a heterosexual Christian or fundamentalist of any kind says to another person who is gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender, well, maybe I can accept the fact that you are that way, but you should not act that way. I've definitely heard that many times, that um, uh, particularly in some specific churches, that they're told that uh, a gay, lesbian, transgender, or bisexual person is told, 
Well, it's okay. You you may have that problem as they see it, but don't don't try to have a relationship with somebody of the same sex, or don't change your gender, or don't you know act as if this is a valid way of living. And so what they're told is live the rest of your life in in sorrow and depression because you can't have what you want, but you get to watch me having what I want. So that's – and I've literally heard clients say it just that way in their own anger as they're walking through, uh, working out their own uh, confusion about their own sexual orientation. So they say to themselves – why do I have to stop being true to myself, but it's okay for you to be true to yourself? Um, and it, I find it very interesting also that there's there's a lot of discussion on TV about uh, the GLBT population in various ways, sometimes with humor, sometimes with uh, sitcoms and things like that, where it's becoming more and more accepted on TV that a person might be gay, lesbian, transgendered, or bisexual. And... Um, and so when it's brought up, so sometimes it's with a kind of mockery, a kind of fun, tongue-in-cheek kind of humor, but it's still being brought up. And every time it gets brought up, it brings that into the human consciousness. We are, we're challenging ourselves to say, okay, what's really true and false here? Over the time, over the past, specifically the past 75 years, and even more specifically the past 20 years, as the computer world has grown and as every person on the planet, or at least the, uh, um, the more, the wealthier countries has a computer, we're, we're having to ask ourselves these questions. And I find that more, more and more young people are being more accepting of gays and lesbians, although, those that are taught by their parents to hate continue to hate. So it needs to stop, start at the, the top and move down. Administratively, schools need to have uh, classes that offer children an understanding of diversity. It's interesting to me that we raise our children in schools where there is no diversity classes offered. And then we go get a job in a place that offers us diversity training. Uh, we, it's a very interesting phenomenon. Raise us up all wrong and then try to correct those errors when you get into the work world. Whereas that needs to start early. In the first grade, children need to be having diversity training classes so that acceptance is the name of the game. I will never forget a time when I went as the uh, cookie mom to my son's fourth grade class. I may have told this story before, but it's an appropriate time to tell it again. And uh, the teacher... In the classroom, uh, w- was watching this interaction go on with this little girl who'd come to school that day wearing orange shoelaces in her shoes. And a couple of little boys were making fun of her for having orange shoelaces. And, uh, she uh, apparently came thinking that they were really cool. They were obviously brand new orange shoelaces. And she wanted to wear those, it seemed to me. And, uh, these boys were making fun of her. So rather than the teacher telling the little boys to stop making fun, that we don't make fun of people, that's not an appropriate response to another human being, she went to the little girl and pulled her over to the side, and she happened to be pulling her over to the side where I was standing, so I heard it. And she said to her, you probably shouldn't wear those shoelaces again. And I just watched this little girl's face totally deflate. So now she was being told, what you should do is conform so that people won't make fun of you. 
And uh, the little boys never got fussed at for making fun of her. And that's where it starts. That's where we sort of let – uh, uh, Candace said earlier that we turn a blind eye. Well, the reason we turn a blind eye to other people – and what they're doing is because we're turning the same blind eye on ourselves. We're telling ourselves that we should please other people. We're telling ourselves that we should conform and not not rock the boat. We're telling ourselves that the way to uh, live in the world is to make sure everybody else is happy with our performance. And so we, ta- we pass that on to our children. We need to change our own thinking before we can uh, change the thinking of our children. And that's where it starts. So... Whatever is happening in the adult world is absolutely being passed down to our children. And whether we see that we're passing it down or not, it's still getting passed down. And our children are learning to hate uh, or they're learning to love based on what they see us doing. And when children go to classes and they learn, as Candace said, uh, she teaches the history of the Bible. And, and people sit there and the light bulb goes off when they learn the history of the Bible, which is very political rather than religious. Uh, it, you know, what happens is people go, well, how come nobody ever told us this? Well, nobody ever told you that because they didn't want you to know it. <laughs> because if you knew it, you might question your faith, which means that they might have to question their faith. Because every time any one of us questions our faith, it makes the rest of the world have to question their faith as well because that's brought up into consciousness. So it's so this issue of G- GLBT issue is extremely important, and uh, I really wanted to talk about this today because it has the potential of changing the spiritual world. So that's it for today, and next week we're going to be talking to Dr. Bernie Siegel. This will be the second time he's on the show. He's going to be talking about his latest book and all about miracles, so you don't want to miss that. Stay tuned for that. And uh, remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week. of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 800-789-7213 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 800-789-7213 to take your call now. Call 800-789-7213. That's 800-789-7213. Again, 800-789-7213. 
Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. There is a lot more going on in religion and government than what high-ranking officials are telling you. The Bible uncovers the truth, prophecies, and a world of opportunities. Get the answers you need when you tune into the program, To the Stars and Beyond, with your hosts Michael List and Adam Hong. We'll explore the religious and spiritual beliefs from ancient history to the prophecies that are shaping the world and current events of today. To the Stars and Beyond airs live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave Network. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. Surprise you. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed.